season of Liberty A-League action. Welcome to Dub Zone. We saw that buzz around the Women's World Cup and hasn't it continued right through an opening round of the Liberty A-League that has seen domestic attendance records absolutely smashed. We're stoked to be back for another year of Dub Zone. I'm Neve Owens and it's great to be here once again alongside A-League's commentator, Teo Palazzeri. Hello, Teo. Neve, great to see you and what a fantastic week of football to launch us into Dub Zone again. Wasn't it brilliant to see? And Teresa Pelias, Sydney FC legend, your Sky Blues absolutely did the business in the opening round as well. Brilliant start. Great to be here to chat about it as well. Catherine Canooley, former Western Sydney Wanderers coach, you were there at Allianz Stadium last night and the buzz was very much real. I sure was and that buzz was absolutely buzzing. It was so great to be there. It sort of felt like Women's World Cup vibes but it was just so great to see so many fans in, in the stadium, shouting for Sydney FC or Western Sydney Wanderers. It was, just, it was just a sight to see. Or indeed Courtney Vine, which is what we heard from the young girls who surrounded our pod there at the stadium. Just a Courtney, Courtney, Courtney chant all night long. I was still here at 2 o'clock this morning. I was still here at 2 o'clock this morning. I think they didn't stop chanting Courtney Vine's name. Even when she went down the tunnel after about 15 minutes, they were still screaming and asking whether she was going to come back out. But that's what football's all about. That's what the World Cup, that's the legacy that the World Cup left in Australia. We saw those attendance records broken after just two games of the opening round of Liberty A-League action. When you look back at what we've seen this weekend, what's your highlight? The crowd has been the highlight for me. The amount of people that have gone out to games, getting behind the Liberty A-League has just been such, you know, it's been beautiful to see the families, the young boys, the young girls getting out to, to watch their heroes. And you know what? They're going to be going out to watching the next generation of Matildas as well, which has been just beautiful to see. Outside of the defending champs getting three points, what's been the highlight for you, T? Look, it was uh, amazing to see the return of the three players from ACL injuries. Taylor Ray, Aideen Keane, Tori Trumuth and they're back fighting really fit. They look amazing. So they've had a great pre-season. Super great to see them back. I want to take things to the night camp because it may have got lost in the shuffle. Perth Glory played pretty late at night after the Sydney derby. I want to give credit to their defence. First game of Grace Johnston, Jessica Cowart, another World Cup hero for the Philippines, Claudia Miocic, less than five appearances, and Natasha Rigby, one of the legends of the Liberty A-League. It, it may have been lost in the shuffle, <laughs> but I want to give Perth their flowers for a fantastic opening weekend. That was my highlight. I love that you're pinning your football tragic status to the sales nice and early and going with defence. Defence being the Hey, there's there's plenty of vibes, there's plenty of football. <laughs> We're going to get a nice little balance of both here on Dubzone. All heat to celebrate for the defending champs. And Kirsty Fentonty, who was named the Isuzu Ute Player of the Match, a cracker goal, but a cracker performance. She was dangerous on the edge all night long. Amazing performance. I think she's really becoming the complete package as a player. Uh, she can stay healthy this season. Uh, she keeps winning her duels. Her distribution's great. She's becoming a leader off the pitch. So I'm really excited to be following her this season. Speaking of leaders, that was the low light from a Sydney FC perspective last night, Teo. Nat Tobin, the skipper, injured in the second half, was really upset as she was stretched off the park. We're yet to hear the results of her MRI scan, so we're thinking of her. And we're also thinking that leaves Ante Juric's defence looking pretty slim. It certainly does. And, Catherine, uh, the pack had to shuffle for Sydney FC in order to accommodate the departure of uh, Nat Tobin on that stretcher because they didn't name a defender on the bench. And, to our judgment, the only defender they've got in the entire squad is Margot Chauvet. It leaves Sydney in an interesting position where they might have to experiment. And you certainly noticed some of the experimenting that they did. 
They did. They had to make a, a few shuffles on the night. Even when they brought Sienna Saveska on and Princess Sabini had to go to left back, you don't want to be doing that throughout the season. So they do have the three visa spots available. They need to start looking to see where they can actually add to their to their um, squad this season because maybe potentially they could be without Nat Tobin for the rest of the season. Yeah, but the question is how long is that going to take and what's going to happen in the, for the time being? I think logically... Tori Tumuth needs to go centre-back as the most experienced player that's played in that role. Uh, don't know about left-back-wise, but it's, yeah, they've just got to reshuffle. It's always hard when it happens within a game to mentally and tactically prepare. The young Matildas put Kirsty Fenton in the middle when they went to Costa Rica. Do you do that or do you need to leave her on the left? I would not be moving Kirsty Fenton to the middle. The way she was last night on on that flank, she was unbelievable. Her forward runs, the way she got forward, the way she was just getting involved in the attack, the way the way she played last night showed true characteristics of a player that's going to be a star of this league for a very long Agreed, time. Agreed, I think putting her at centre-back will chain her down. One change we saw mid-game came from Robbie Hooker, the new coach of the Western Sydney Wanderers, and he brought Mel Caceres into the fray. It made a real difference to the Wanderers' Norse. Massive change for the Wanderers. She was the game-changer last night. When she came on in that second half, it gave the Wanderers a, a little bit of a spark, and you could just see she's so silky on the ball. She's a creative footballer. She's got so much flair, and I just she's just a joy to watch. And I think Caceres... I, I, Given her time in the MPL, she played the back-to-back seasons. That could be a reason why she was on uh, limited minutes last night as well. I feel as though there were enough green shoots in that second half of Wanderers not to throw the baby out with the bathwater, mainly because Millie Clegg can't play until she turns 18 on November 1 uh, because she's an international player and obviously you can't move overseas until you're 18. So when she comes in, maybe that pushes Sophie Harding to a wing. Maybe that changes the dynamic. Do they even stick with a front three? I think Wanderers showed us enough with Mel Caceres out on the field that she can make them tick and certainly goal scoring has been their issue but there's enough signs there that they will be competitive throughout this campaign. My daughter makes a countdown calendar to her birthday each year. I feel like Wanderers fans are just going to have a countdown calendar to November 1. Absolutely till Millie Clegg is available to play. Let's talk about the coaching conversation here, Knowles, because 10 days out from the season, not an ideal time to make a switch. Kat Smith got the sack despite... Some really good signs last year in her first year in charge. Robbie Hooker took charge and has had, what, two, three sessions with the team before the start of the season? Only a few sessions he had with, with the girls. I think it was like four sessions that he had to prepare the girls for, you know, a massive derby. Obviously, the girls had a six-week pre-season with Kat and, and the majority of the staff have stayed and it was only Kat out and, and Robbie Hooker back in. It is disappointing to see, you know, Kat Smith leave the Wanderers, especially being the only Australian female coach that's in the league. I think that's super disappointing for me as a female coach that, you know, aspires to maybe go back there one day and, and looking at the way, you know, women's football is going. She's the only non-Australian um, that's that's left there. So no Aussie female coaches in the league to start the season, Teo, and only one female coach, and it's Emily Husband, in charge of the Central Coast Mariners who are back in the A-League. That must be nearly an all-time low. It, it is nearly the all-time low. 0809 season two. We're going back a long way here. I mean, we've almost got players in this league that were born in 2008 coming through soon. So that was the only season where there were no female coaches at all. From season three on up until the appointment of Negosh Popovich, Canberra have always had a female coach. Not always an Australian, but it is, as you say, a, a low 
watermark for Australian female coaches and female coaches in general? So 100% an area where there is work to be done and that pathway needs to be developed. But speaking of Emily Husband and her Central Coast Mariners tea, we saw them back in the league. We saw a super impressive crowd there in Gosford to see them take on the Newcastle Jets. An F3 derby with the spice that we love to see. And Melina Ayres, the signing for the Jets. She is a goal scorer, T. Yeah, interesting game after 14 years. Great to see the Mariners back. And, um, yeah, there was certainly some spice and <laughs> a few cards thrown about. And once the Mariners actually had some really good momentum for a while. But once those red cards were shown, up steps Melina Ayres. Fantastic goal. Typical striker's goal. I'm pleased to see her make that move and, and score on, on her debut for the Jets. What a cross from Gooch as well. And Melina Ayres to be able to get up and to get it over her defender there and put that ball in the back of the net. That's what we know that she that she has. What did you make of this Central Coast Mariners side, Teo, in their return? It looked like at times they were very much a new team. They were fighting for that cohesion that comes with time together. Have they got the balance right within the squad? It is too early to tell because Newcastle also played like a team that had turned over half their squad, which was literally true. Set pieces were probably their best opportunity. Roller Batawea came close to following in on the keeper. I feel as though once this team is, is match fit and up to speed and builds cohesion, they will surprise someone. But, you know, it's not an unpopular pick to have the Mariners, you know, struggling. But over the course of 22 games, you could win the wooden spoon with four, five, six games. And if they win six games, I don't think they would finish last anyway. So there's good signs for the Mariners. As a slow burn, and given the size of the crowd, 5,700, Mariners fans stick with them because I think this team is building to something. They got to see a good bit of spice as well, T, as you mentioned. Obviously fighting it out for that piece of guardrail, which is hotly contested from the F3. We saw a couple of red cards in this one. Wasn't it a feisty one? You could see Alex Shun, I think she'd done a 20-metre sprint to get in <laughs> to there. Get to to um, you know, protect her players. And, you know, that's what Alex Shun brings to the league. She's, she's that type of girl that's, you know, she's super passionate. She's protective of her players and her teammates. And, you know, she just lost her head a little bit there. And it's disappointing because now next week Newcastle Jets got to go to Perth without Alex. And they need Alex. that stability as well with... Uh, Tash Pryor and, and her making you know that partnership this season. So be interesting to see what Gary Van Egmond comes up with. Let's not forget Alex Hewan won a Matilda's camp in 2021 and then was out of the league by last season. I was thrilled to see her back, but unfortunately she's going to have to serve a suspension. So that interrupts her campaign from here. Do you think a little bit of Gary Van Egmond though isn't? that disappointed to see it. He saw that pride in the Jersey Newells and he saw the fact that having asked for the team to play as one and to stick up for each other and to be there for each other, he saw it then come to fruition. Spot on. That's Gary Van Egmond. That's that's him all over. He wants you to play for the Jersey. He wants you to be passionate. He wants you to stick up for your teammates. He wants that cohesion. And you could see that in the way the Newcastle Jets played. You could see the way that the girls were all playing for one another. And you could see when that scuffle did happen, there was a couple of them that actually ran in to sort of protect each other. <laughs> It's about now being able to channel that and be able to be smart as well when these situations do arise. But I think a part of him will be happy to know that his girls have got each other's back and and they're playing for one another. We saw 17,000 fans across those opening two games and I reckon a whole heap of them were there, or certainly a number of the kids, with the Liberty A-League passes. You should get involved if you're under 16. Don't forget, you can sign up for that Liberty A-League pass, which gets you into any game across the country of the Liberty A-League this season. We've seen 24,000 
kids sign up for the Liberty A-League pass already this year, Nulls, which is like three times as many as last season in total, which just goes to show that that excitement that exists around women's football is continuing. That's superb. To hear these numbers, it just, it's so amazing to see. You can just see again, I'll go back to the, the Women's World Cup and what effect it's, it's made on Australians and young kids from all around Australia. You can just see, I go out to schools as part of my role and to hear kids talking about the World Cup and talking about the Liberty A-League and wanting to get out to games. I think it's just fantastic. And to be able to give kids this opportunity to be able to get out, how much better does it get than that? Let's have a look at another game from this weekend. And it's a game that's general admission sold out in a matter of minutes. We saw Melbourne Victory take on Brisbane Raw in Melbourne at the home of the Matildas. And Teo, this is a Melbourne Victory side that looking at the team sheet in the lead up, I was like, team to beat this season. Well, Brisbane Raw have gone and done it in round one. They didn't have all their Matildas, but it was still five Matildas starting for victory uh, compared to one for the Brisbane Raw. Funnily enough, one of those Camp Matildas, Jenna McCormick, scored one of the goals. This might be Gareth McPherson's best win of his coaching career and I think it was fitting that Casper Tafter was there, the CEO in the huddle with the players at the end of the game. It shows the buy-in, it shows the commitment to this raw program and now they have a result to really kickstart their campaign. Yeah, some really good things going on at the Roar and I guess this, this shows that but um, two really great goals from the Roar and, and you're right, Neve, you wouldn't have picked the Roar to be, you know, with all due respect, uh, on paper, Victory have far more experience but a, a fantastic start that the Roar really needed. There was an offside ruling, Nulls, that we looked at multiple times here in the studio and I'm sure if there was VAR in the Liberty A-League, they would have looked at multiple times as well. Have a look at it for us because before I get your opinion, Teo, you've spoken to the powers that be. What was the ruling actually on? The head of refereeing at the FFA has confirmed that Rachel Lowe is offside here in front of the goalkeeper, obstructing the goalkeeper's view. Now, that wouldn't be a problem if she was onside, but Rachel Lowe is offside there and you see Kenzie Wienert's reaction there because uh, she thought that she'd scored a goal on her uh, Liberty A-League debut not to be. I agree with the call. I think it was the right call and all credit to Daniel Anderson who was the assistant referee that spotted it and Anna-Marie Kylie, who was the central referee. They did peg one back late victory to finish 2-1. If you look at Jeff Hopkins' side though, Newells, nine new signings in the off-season, a host of Matildas at each area of the park that you look at, Lydia Williams in goal, do you think they are still one of the teams to beat? On paper, they are the team to beat. On paper, you would think that this team is going all the way and, and winning this competition. Unfortunately, today it wasn't their day. We can't just write them off just yet because they do have plenty of quality across the park. I'm sure the girls and Jeff Hopkins will be disappointed in losing three points today. And I think they're adjusting to losing a few big guns as well. Um, but look, this is an unfamiliar territory for victory. They've, they've had slow starts before and they always seem to bring it together when they really need it. They're really missing someone like the likes of Melina Ayres that we know that can pull goals from anywhere and that's a, that's a big loss for them but now they need to regroup with all these new signings and now they're going to need to make, make their bed now to sort of work out where they're going to go from here and, and how they're going to pull the rest of the season together. They'll have the likes of Elise Kellon knight coming back in a few weeks' time, hopefully from injury. M Gilnick was missing this weekend as well. So they've got some big names to come back into this side. I'm excited about this Melbourne victory outfit. Let's have a look at the West Coast game that you named off the top as your absolute highlight of the round, Tao. You named it as your highlight from a defensive perspective, but gee whiz, there are a couple of cracking goals. The, the reason that the Perth defence shone in this game is that 
the attacking chances they had were so low probability to score. Susan Fonson Cam's goal brilliantly <laughs> taken and pinpoint, and then Grace Charley with goal of the week just striking it with fearsome power. Both of them, uh, sorry T, were very low XG. This was 0.06 <laughs> for Susan Fonson Cam. It's early in the season for XG. That means six out of a hundred times that goes in. Brilliantly placed strike, and the technique was spot on from both players. You know, you have good goals. That's a, that's a spot on goal, and honestly. I've watched Susan Fonson can at training do this a thousand times over. You would be coming off the pitch and she's still on there practicing and doing this. She's technically such a great player. And here we see Jale as well. What a rocket of a goal that was. Jale is a massive signing for Perth. To get her in Perth colours, that's at least 10 plus goals there for the season for you. Huge, huge, huge signing. But I think if, if Fonson can can stay fit, for the whole season, she'll be the key for Perth. But look at what it meant to that bench. Great start for the glory. And let's not forget from a Western United point of view, my mail is Hilary Beale is coming back to Australia. So Alyssa Daloste got to start the season in goal, but Beale is coming back and was fantastic last season. And Chloe Legazzo didn't play. So we're hoping that those Matildas will return to the A-League women's and start seeing field time. Yallop, Gilnick, Legazzo. Two very important players for them to come back because we know how many points Hilary Bill and Chloe Legazzo won Western United for them last season as well. You always talk heading into a second season as that yeah. second season syndrome, T, but watching this game, they had more shots than Perth, had more shots on target. They created opportunities. They were right in this contest. Yeah, look, I think last season they were a momentum machine. So they've started a little slowly this season. They were the underdogs as well and they enjoyed that tag. They're no longer underdogs. They made a grand final in their first season. So everyone's out to get them this season. So hopefully they can turn around quickly. Let's look at the Savos game. Nules, you were in the commentary box with Grace Gill for this one between Adelaide United and Canberra United. Finished 4-4, eight goals, three pens, a 94th minute equaliser, and you arrived out of breath like you just played it yourself. I was exhausted. That <laughs> game was end-to-end. I had a sore neck at the end of the game by going from one side to the other. But there were so many goals, plenty of penalties, plenty of drama. Nobody wanted to give the game up. Vesna Milojevic was absolutely in beast mode today and could have, you know, carried those three points on her own if they got him in the end. But she was fantastic. Michelle Heyman... So it's such great uh, scoring machines for Canberra United as well. And at the end of the game, Vesna had a goal disallowed for offside, which would have both won the game 5-4 for Canberra and given her her hat-trick. How good is Vesna Milivojevic? She, she broke out last season. What could we expect this campaign? Milivojevic, I am so sad that she slipped through the Australian ranks and, and she's not one of our own, to be quite honest. Last season, she was the standout for me and I, she's obviously continued on the same track so she's such a good player I can't speak for, for new viewers she's been capped by Serbia she's Australian raised but she's a Serbian full international and uh, that means she'll never be eligible for the Matildas she is now and it is disappointing but we've got to celebrate that she's playing in the Liberty A League and what she brings to this to this league she's so creative she's got lots of flair and she has the work rate today. She worked up and down. She was chasing things left, right, centre. <laughs> she was unbelievable for Canberra today. And honestly, the goals that came for Canberra, especially her one and everything that she... She was just involved in absolutely everything today. I wasn't surprised to see Canberra necessarily score four goals. They've got goal scorers galore. They've brought in Cote Rojas as well That's this year, huge, T. Huge. But Adelaide, four goals in the opening yeah, round. That stuff. I didn't predict. Yeah, because on the recruitment ranks, it hasn't 
hasn't been too much movement there, and I believe they've lost a lot um, in that department. So for them to score four in their in round one's very positive for Adelaide, but can they hold goals out? That's the question. Don't now. forget, two of them were penalties, True. though, Neve. So, so two goals, really. So. But, but Norse, you're a striker, <laughs> and Alani Anchevsky and, and also Lee scored a penalty each. Hannah Blake scored. So three new faces, all forwards, all scored. How important is that just to look at the stat sheet and say, I'm one from one to start the season? It's huge, and we spoke about it on the call with Grace as well, talking about, you know, teams, and we always get disappointed when we can't score goals. You know what? Defences can be fixed. You can go back and train that in, on, in the training week, but to be able to score goals and get those confidence, that's a, that's another side of football, and it's they so showed that harder, today. isn't it, in that, on that end, the scoring goals part, I feel... They scored 16 for this season last campaign. They've scored four today. Yeah. They're off to a great start. They're 25% of the way to last season already. Well, speaking of proven goal scorers, we saw one in action when Wellington took on Melbourne City. Hannah Wilkinson Tao is exactly the kind of player that you want in your side, because you know when the ball pops up in the box, She's absolutely going to be there and she's definitely going to put it away. Look, it was just a poacher's finish and back at this stadium which New Zealand enjoyed so much during the World Cup. Policina there with the shot that was parried into her path. This game was drifting towards a nil-all draw. Wellington had given a really good account of themselves. Melbourne City peppered in this game. So many chances. Only five shots on target though, so they weren't totally accurate. But when they needed a big gun, a big gun stepped up. A big gun in, in Hannah Wilkinson. They know she knows what she what she is in in the box. She's always there, whether it's with her head or a little tap in. A goal's a goal, and you got to give credit to Policina as well. The way she knows, the way that ball comes across her, and she hits that first time. Her football understanding and the way she moves in and around that box is just phenomenal. And I think they'll build their chemistry as well. But that that goal looked so simple. But the anticipation, the timing from Wilkinson was world class. Back from a Wellington perspective, Teo, they got Paul Temple in charge. He stepped up from leading the academy into coaching the women's side. And I loved his press conference in the lead-up to the game this week. He gave a real insight into the kind of football that he wants to play, and he wants it to be exciting for Phoenix fans to watch. He called it small ball. He said there's going to be less physicality, more speed, short passing style of football. Is that what you saw today? How good are coaches when they talk about selection and implementation? They can't all be passion merchants, right? And (laughs) This is against a top Melbourne City team that pride themselves on retaining possession and their own passing combinations, but Wellington were able to do it to Melbourne City. It, it, it leads you to imagine what they might be able to do against some of the other teams in this league. I thought Wellington were great today. I thought there was a couple of fantastic passages of play where they strung about seven or eight passes together and got themselves up up the pitch. And what Paul Temple was talking about, you could see glimpses of that today. You're not going to turn a team around overnight or in a six-week preseason. It actually takes time. But to see parts of that in their game today, I thought was fantastic. A a lot of the players played with confidence and pride. They weren't just hoofing it up up the pitch. So it's a great start for them to come up against Melbourne City and only lose 1-0. I think it's a great start for them for the season. They had Riley Foster in goal tee and she has the most incredible story. The Canadian, she's a former Liverpool player. Two years ago, October 2021, she was in a horrific car accident, thrown 12 metres through the windscreen of the car, seven fractures in her neck and was told she'd never play football again and we saw her back in the top of the league today. This is probably one of the most amazing stories you could ever hear and I can't do it justice speaking of it but what an amazing thing to see her back healthy and doing what she loves and um, if you hear her talk about it uh, it's quite amazing we hear so um, oh so great to see we're going to have more of it on keep up more of her story in the coming weeks and I cannot wait to see that as well let's check in with Nalene Masto now because she's going to bring us up to date with what is happening right across the world of women's football 
Matilda star Sam Kerr and Mackenzie Arnold went head-to-head in the Women's Super League. Chelsea's head coach Emma Hayes said Kerr only had one week of training, having sustained a calf injury at the Women's World Cup. But Kerr scored a thumping header on her starting debut, and the Blues went on to seal a 2-0 win over West Ham. Now over to North London, where Beth Mead is set to make her highly anticipated return when Arsenal hosts Aston Villa. The England forward has been sidelined since November last year after she ruptured her ACL. But the Gunners head coach Jonas Edeval said that if Mead successfully completes the final training session, then she's fit and ready for squad selection. The match between Paris Saint-Germain and Rand was caught off due to an explosion of fireworks on the pitch, but no injuries have been reported. Now onto two of the biggest superstars, Wendy Renard and Marta, who are reportedly on the wish list of Saudi women's Premier League side Al Ittihad. Now I've got a question for the Dub Zone panel, and that is, do you think the Saudi Arabia revolution will cross into the women's game? Nalene, thank you so much. Nils, I'm going to come to you on this one. You always keep the boots in the car, don't you? Just in case you get a call up. Well, I'm going home to get the dubbing. I'm going to clean my boots tonight. <laughs> Teresa, Sign pack your up. bags because Let's we're go. going to Saudi Arabia to play and start the cash in because we all know that money talks, oh, doesn't absolutely. it? It's <laughs> happened in the men's game, so I think it'll... I think it will trickle into the women's game. I'd be good for at least 10-plus goal, Neve. <laughs> I, I was confident you would say 10-plus seconds. <laughs> <laughs> All that. <laughs> goals too. Uh, Teo, let's get your top tip for round two. And no, you cannot select either of these two in one of your teams. All right. Uh, my top tip for round two, we have teams playing at home for the first time this season, uh, like Western United, Brisbane, where there should be a great crowd there, Melbourne City against Canberra, which will be exciting, full of goals. My top tip is that the four-figure crowds will continue after a full weekend where every game got over a 1,000 crowd. Make sure you get your Liberty A-League pass because we want this momentum to continue. That's my top tip. Six from six, more than a 1,000 fans next week. I love that. And the buzz was real this weekend, so cannot wait to see that continue throughout the rounds of this Liberty A-League season. Don't forget, we know one viewing of Dubzone isn't nearly enough. You can listen to Dubzone on the Women's Football Podcast from Tuesday onwards, wherever you get your podcasts. Catherine Canula, you got boots to polish. I'm going to let you go. Thank you very much, Neva. Teresa Belias, always good to see you. Great to see you all. Teo, thanks so much for your company. A pleasure, Neve. See you soon. Thank you so much for your company at home. It is brilliant to be back for another season of Dubzone. We look forward to seeing you each and every Sunday night. But for now, enjoy your football and good night. <laughs> <laughs>